and it's right before the book of Nahum, and uh, Nahum is right before the book of, I believe, right before the book of Jonah, but Obadiah, you see all that, and you'll, you'll find it, and if not, they have it up, they will be having it up on the screen. Father, I bless you. I thank you for strength. I thank you for the anointing. I thank you, Lord God, for allowing me to preach your word. Getting a feedback here. Amen. Amen. I'm getting a feedback. Father, I bless you. I thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. The book of Habakkuk. Thank you, Father. We're going to look at chapter number one. Chapter number one in the book of Habakkuk. Chapter number one. And we're going to uh, proceed and we're going to. See what verse number two. Verse number two is where we're going to we're going to proceed. Understanding and knowing that the word Habakkuk it means to wrestle. It means to embrace. It means to struggle. Sometimes when we when we look around and we see the situation that our world is in, and, and we like, we like uh, Habakkuk, we wrestle with what we see. We, we wrestle with everything that's going on, and we begin to question God. But we want to talk about um, the burdens of a true prophet, the burdens of a true prophet. Now, you know, everyone that... Um, names the name of Jesus and say that they are believers, it does not mean that they are carrying a burden. It doesn't mean they're carrying a burden because a lot of times we do more complaining and we focus on the negativity more than we focus on the positive. As, as the world is today, we're looking more on the negative of what's happening and we're losing our way. But a true believer or a true prophet carries a burden for what he sees or she sees around them. Now, this is what, what Habakkuk did, and this is where we all are at some time. Now, verse number two says, O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou will not hear? Even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Verse 3 says, Why doest thou show me iniquity? Why you show me sin and cause me to behold grievance for spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Now, what's happening here? Here's a, a prophet who who has a, uh, a burden for what he sees. He's looking out among the world, and, and all he is seeing is wickedness. So he has a problem with God. <laughs> Sometimes we have problems with God, don't we? Sometimes when we see things and, and, and we don't understand things and we don't understand why God is not moving against the violence that we see, 
against the, the wickedness uh, that's within this world, sometimes we do have a controversy with God. Sometimes we begin to ask God, how long, God? How long are you going to allow this to happen? How long will the, will the righteous have to suffer with the wicked? He, he was really upset. He, he began to question God. Sometimes we too question God. When we have situations in our life and circumstances and it seems like God doesn't answer the prayers and it seems like sometimes God is just silent. We began to ask God, God, what's going on? Well, why are you not hearing? Do you not see? He began to question God who made this world as if he was saying, to God, you made this world. Why are you allowing all of this to happen? You're the one in charge, God. So, so, so why, is, why is all this going on? Why, why, why do we see what we see? Why do we see the, the, the violence? Why do we see our children and our spouses and, and, and our friends and our relatives and our acquaintances? Why do we see them going through so much? God, if you are God, surely you'll do something. That, that's what Rebecca was saying. He, he, had a, he had a burden. He had, he had a burden for what he saw. But the problem was is that he focused on the negativity rather than the positive. Whenever we focus on the negativity, we can understand the fact that naturally we're going to be pulled away from the promises of God. He... I, when I felt, I felt his burden, I, I felt what he was saying because as I looked around at, at our world today and, and things that I see and, and the missiles and, and all the, 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 the corruption and the government and the corruption in, in the church house. And by the way, everybody's not doing wrong. Amen. Somewhere that there's some righteous still operating because if the righteous was not still operating, then God would have sent the Holy Spirit back and we would be out of here. So, so everybody's not serving the devil, amen. Some of us are serving God, amen, amen. And it's only because of the righteous and, and the prayers of the righteous that things are as they are right now. But yet he still had a problem with God. He, he, he had a problem because he says, now he says, I'm praying, but you ain't hearing me. I, I'm, nothing is happening. All you're doing is showing me violence, robbery, I mean, desolation. You're just pain and suffering. But God, you are not doing anything about it. Now, watch, watch here, watch here what, what, what he does. After he complains, after we complain, after we wrestle with God, after we struggle with God, you know, watch what he does here, Habakkuk. Watch what he says here in, in verse number four. He comes to this conclusion after he is talking junk to God, after we sometimes speak to God in a way that we ought not to speak, amen? But God understands because it burdens us with what we see. Now, watch verse number four. Verse four in Habakkuk chapter number one says, he comes to this conclusion. He says, therefore, the law is slack, and judgment doeth never go forth. For the wicked do a compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgments proceed. 
he comes to this conclusion. The first thing he says is the law is slack. Everything that I see going on, the law is slack. Now, that's something we need to understand. He is not talking about the law of the land. He is criticizing the divine law because, see, this is a wrestle between him and God. So he's criticizing the divine law because he felt like surely by now, God, you should have done something with all of this wickedness going on. He draws that conclusion. Okay, God, the divine law is slack. It's not serving its purpose. You're not doing your job. Can you imagine speaking to God that way? God, you're not doing your job. This, this, is, this world is yours. Everything about it is yours. The, the divine law is not in operation. It is slack. Now, let's see what God says. That's why we should always think about the promises that God gives to us. Let's go to the book of 2 Peter, chapter number 3. 2 Peter, chapter number 3. Let's see what God says. In his word, in his word about slackness, he's, he's, he's talking to him and he's talking about, you know, being slack. Your, your, law, your, your divine law is slack. But in Second Peter chapter number three, verse number nine, it says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but he is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God said, listen, listen, I'm not slack. God says, I am not slack concerning my promise. He's going to take care of matters. He said, I'm not slack like men count slackness. He said, well, the reason why I am long-suffering, because I don't want nobody to be lost. I don't want anybody to perish. So, so he says, now listen now, don't, don't, don't understand you. You're speaking at a place you know not of. So he says, now listen, I don't want that person to, to, to lose out. I, I don't want them to perish. So therefore, close your mouth. But then he reminds me of the psalmist David. Let's see what David said. Because he's not, see, Habakkuk is not the only one that has been wrestling with what they saw when it came down to the wicked and when it came down to the righteous. Now, let's go to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter number 73. Psalms chapter 73. Psalms chapter number 73. Hmm. We, 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 we have to be careful and, and not focus on the negative. And, and this is the reason why when we see what we see and we have a problem, we can find ourselves in a situation where David found himself. In the book of Psalms, chapter number 73, uh, verse number 2 says, But as for me, my feet was almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. For I was envious, verse 3, I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. 
See, he was so focused on how the wicked appeared to be blessed that he says here in, this, in the word, he says now, he said, but my feet was almost gone. So what does, what does that mean? That, that feet here, it represents the state of mind. His state of mind, his trust in God was almost gone because he was focused on what was going on with the wicked. And then he goes on and he says, and my steps have well nigh slipped. So that meant that when he talks about his steps had well nigh slipped, it means his faith was shaken. Every time we begin to focus on the negativity rather than in the positive, it caused our faith to be shaken. And sometimes it causes some of us to want to withdraw from God. Amen. Uh, there are people that we know that that's, that's found themselves withdrawing from God. And sometimes you have to, to, to rebuke those people for them to be able to see, listen, you're caught up and you're focusing too much on the things that are negative rather than thinking on things that are positive. And your faith is being shaken by what you are looking at. You see, it comes, we have to come to the understanding that our life, our livelihood, it is not in the government, but it is in God. Amen. It is in God. Amen. So no matter what may happen, we've got to continue to trust God, continue to live by faith. And Brenda, don't go too far. Amen. But, but, but he says, my faith was shaken. Every time I saw that old wicked one, I mean, it seemed like he was just getting blessed, and I was going lower and lower and lower. And all I could see was, listen, they got it going on. But what he didn't understand was that God saw it too. See, God has an all-seeing eye. He, he knows everything, and there is nothing he does not know about. Amen? So don't let your faith be shaken by what you see. Don't let your, your faith be shaken by what's going on uh, in America and all these other, around the world. It has to be. These things has to happen. Christ has to come back. Things have been set in place. But do not let your faith be shaken because it looks like you're going down and the wicked going up. No, no, that's, ju- that's just a false illusion. False illusion. But where did David get his answer? Let's flip over to verse number, number 17, and, and, and he gets an answer. He gets an answer because, see, sometimes we've we got to understand to go back to the promises of God when we begin to focus too much on the negativity in our life and the circumstances that surrounds us. Now, he finds his answer in, in verse number 17 in Psalm 73. His answer is, he says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood therein. In other words, he said, I had to go deep down on the inside of me. And then that's how I discovered what therein is. See, they are already set in slippery places. Amen. Their steps have already been set in slippery places. Their end is going to come. Now, going back to to Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter number one. Going back now to Habakkuk chapter number one. Going back to Habakkuk, he talks about the the divine law being slack. Then the next thing he, he complains to God about is about judgment. 
He talks about how the judgment don't go forth and how the, it seems to be like the wickedness is, is uh, circling around the righteous and, and, and how judgment does not go forth. Now, let me show you the, the mercies of God and, and why he doesn't do what, he's, what, what man expects him to do. Now, by chance, if you think they're going to enjoy forever, uh, then we have to bring us to an understanding that God has a word for that. The wicked, one day we're going to walk on the ashes of the wicked. But for, for right now, this is a scripture God wants us to have. Uh, dealing with the judgment, because that was his second complaint. That was his second complaint. He said judgment wasn't going forward. Go to Ecclesi- the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 8. Ecclesiastes, chapter number 8. Ecclesiastes, chapter number 8. Now, Verse number 11, because you got to deal with, 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 with this understanding, the controversy. He's saying judgment is not going forth. Nothing is happening. Now, verse number 11 says, in Ecclesiastes chapter number 8, it says, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Did we get that? It says because the sinners against the evil work, because it's not executed speedily, therefore the hearts and the sons of men is fully set in doing evil. In other words, he said, listen, it's like this, Brenda. He said because they have not yet received payment for their sins or for their wickedness, it does not mean they're not going to get it. Amen? It does not mean that the, the punishment is not going to come. See, what they do is, oh, I got to wait this time, so I'm going to keep on doing it. That, and this is why we see what we see when it comes down to the wicked. Okay, uh, I did it this time, and I got away. I didn't get caught. Amen? So, okay, here I go. I didn't get caught. I'm going to do it again. He said, I, I, I'm going to do it again. He said, it seems like God ain't paying me no mind. Nobody's paying me no mind. So I'm going to keep on doing this. But you got to understand what the word of God says. Because he says, they're fully set in them to do evil. As long as we escape the judgment that God has for us, then we'll continually do that thing called sin. Repeatedly. Amen. Amen. We'll continually do it. Now, look at verse number 12. I'm not sure if I even gave them verse number 12. But verse number 12 says, Though a sinner do evil a hundred times, and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. But it should not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not before God. So in other words, he said, listen, listen. He said, listen, Brenda. He said, listen, listen. I, I want you to hear. Even though we may get away with that thing a hundred times, he said, don't fool yourself, because see, one day with the Lord is like a thousand years. Amen. So he says, this is just a shadow. See, this is just, this is just a shadow. So your time is coming. We might be, see, God don't operate in time. 
God operates in eternity. He, we're the one that live on time, not God. God is an eternal God. So God said, don't think you're getting away with anything when it comes down to the wicked. He said, I got your days numbered. Your days are numbered. Can you imagine talking to, to, to God in such a way and then God bringing back the, the, the word, his word to us about the controversy we have? You see, one thing about judgment, and when we come down to man's judgment, judgment is justice divorced by love, a divorce from love. When you don't have love with, 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 with justice and judgment, you get the hard, cold evil of man. When love is divorced, amen, when there's no love in the process, you get the beast of man. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God said, you get the beast of man. And the beast of man is not even good. Amen. But what I found interesting is this, and we're almost done. Let's go back to Habakkuk chapter number two. This is what I found interesting. This is what I found interesting. I found this very interesting. Habakkuk chapter number two. Now, remember now, he's wrestling, and he, he's talk jump to God. He, he begins to say to God, and he got this kind of verse, God, you can't root her. Look at this mess. Look at this mess. That's what he was saying. But watch, watch the master, how, how smooth he is. I love him. I love him. I love him. He's a smooth operator. He's a smooth. Habakkuk chapter number two, it says, this is what Habakkuk, he says, now, this is what I'm going to do. I've spoken, I may have spoken out of turn, but I've spoken like we do. We speak out of turn sometimes. He says, I will stand upon my watch. Talking about verse 1 in chapter 2. I will stand upon my watch and set me above the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Now he's re- repositioned himself. He's waiting to get an answer from God. He's waiting. He has repositioned himself. The first thing it says, he says, I will stand upon the watch. Now, in order to hear, it talks about standing upon the watch. He's saying, if I'm going to hear from the Lord, that means I've got to withdraw myself from these old earthly things and set my sight on things eternal, which are heavenly. See, you can't hear God with all the confusion, all the chaos, all the things caught up with earthly things. He said, first thing I've got to do is I've got to withdraw my soul. I've got to withdraw my soul from this old earthly mess because I want to hear from God. Because, see, I just spoke to God and I'm waiting on answer. I'm going to see whether or not he's going to reprove me for what I said. In other words, is he going to give me a chew out? You know, is he going to give me a beating? Because I've disrespected him. He said, so I am going, I am going to, to set up the watch. I, I, I'm going to withdraw myself so I can hear from everything around me. My, my soul has to become detached. I hear your Holy Spirit. My soul has to become detached from what I am hearing, everything that's around me that I've connected myself to. My soul has to become detached from this old earthly world of existence and then he says this he says and will watch to see he said i'm going to set myself up on the tower and watch to see well what does that tower represent 
See, the tower represents his faith. He said, I'm going to see, before he, he's weakened faith, because see, but the things that he saw weakened his faith. So now he said, I'm going to step forward, and, and I'm going to stand on faith, because see, when we're standing on faith, we get a better view. We have a better platform when we're standing on faith. And our faith is, is solid, it's solidified. He said, I am going to stand on my faith. I need a better view. Of what I see. I need, I need, I need a, a better view. I need a better view. But I love this. Verse number 2 in Habakkuk chapter 2, it says, And the Lord answered me. He gets a response now. But he doesn't get a response of rebuke. He says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on, upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. I need to pause right here because so many theologians, uh, theologians and, and, and pastors and ministers, and uh, they get this totally wrong. Because everybody has a vision. Everybody has a vision. Every church has a vision. Every pastor has a vision. But if he's going to write it plain, so he that reason can run with it, that means there can't be multiple visions. But I asked God this question. I said, well, God, what is it? What is it? What are you talking about here? You're telling them to write the vision and, 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 and make it plain. It's from an appointed time. And, and, it's your, and it's at, and the end, at the end, it shall speak. And, and though it tarry, wait for it. So it will surely come. But watch what he says. This is what he gives me in verse number four. And this is our last verse in Habakkuk chapter number two. Verse four says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. So what is the vision that everybody is going to get to pass down from generation to generation to generation? Because every generation, it seems like things get even a little bit worse, a little bit worse. What is it that we're supposed to see that no matter whether we're dead and gone, the next generation will catch hope? And when they see the things that they're surrounded with, what is it that God is saying to us as believers that we're supposed to leave with our young people and friends? He says what they need to know is that the just shall live by faith, not by what you see, because what you see is just an illusion and for, for the moment it's temporary. But in order to sustain what you see, he said, you've got to live by faith. In order to survive and go making it through this world and on this journey called life, you got to live by faith. In order to believe that, that when we get outside and everything is going to be pleasant when we get there and, 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 and the, the, the storm is going to subside, we have to believe by faith. In order for us to, to believe that no matter what we're going through, no matter what our lives entail, we have to believe the promises of God. And so, therefore, the just shall live by faith. 
trust in God, and no matter what the situation and circumstances are, the just shall live by faith. And then God gives me this, and we're closing. He says, faith believes that God makes no mistakes. The just shall live by faith. Faith believes that God makes no mistakes. Now, in my situation, that, that, that might be kind of hard, especially when you're in pain, you know. And, and so you're still saying, okay, God, um, the just shall live by faith. I believe everything that's happening in my life, it didn't catch you by surprise. It may have caught me by surprise because sometimes I am very naive, Brother Philip. Sometimes I'm very naive until my Holy Ghost kick in. Amen. But he said, you got the, the just to live by faith. He said, understand now, faith believes that God makes no mistakes. And he gives this example. He says, it's like a parade. In a parade, you can only see what's before you. You can only see right at what's at hand. But when it comes to God now, God sits high. He sees the beginning and he sees the middle and he also sees the ending. In other words, God sees the whole picture. So no matter where I am today and what circumstances and situation I'm in today, God already see the end of it. He already see the end. Amen. He already sees the end. Amen. Might be going through. Don't know how I'll be after this, but I'm going to live by faith and trust God. Amen. I'm going to trust God. Amen. Let, let, and then, then the last thing is this. He says this. He said, faith believes all things. The word of God says uh, 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 that all things work together for good for those that, that loves God and are called to his purpose. So everything that we're going through, whether we're at the beginning of it, whether we're at the middle of it, and I'm believing God, Brother Philip, I'm at the end of this pain. Amen. Or at the end of it. Amen. Amen. At the end. He says that it's working for my good. It's working for my good. Now, when I say it's working for my good, I learned some things. I said I wasn't going to share this, but I learned some things through pain. I learned that if you, I, I'll put it this way. I learned how people get hooked on prescription drugs. I learned, God showed me that. God revealed it. In other words, he even allowed me to go through it. Amen. So, so I, I want to never take some medication. I, I, I don't deal with it. I may use oils and stuff like that. But I don't like popping pills. But when this pain hit, somebody told me get some Tylenol, extra strength, 650 milligrams. You take two. What's that? Almost 1,300 milligrams. Amen. Well, when I took it, I ain't felt no pain. Amen. I ain't felt no pain. But let me tell you about them prescription drugs and, and what will happen to it. This is what God revealed to me. Well, it got to the point where you're supposed to take two on every eighth hour. Well, comes the seventh hour, I began to feel the pain. So when I began to feel that pain on that seventh hour, what did Brenda do? Brenda popped her two mobile. Amen. Well, the pain kept going, getting worse and worse, and it was shooting up all through my ear. And it's just, it, I mean, it was off the chain. Amen. 
I couldn't even wait to the, the, the next eighth hour. I'm counting on my fingers when I can take the next pill. You want to know how you, what you said, pharmaceutical? Ain't nothing but witchcraft. That's all it is. Amen. And, and, and what's amazing, I, I, I said, well, Lord, I, said, I, 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 I can't be doing this because I, I, I see and I understand how, they, how one gets there. I couldn't lay down. I couldn't sit up. Pain, pain, pain. And then had all these voices that's telling me, do you need to do this? you need to do this? Not one time, Brother Philip, did I seek God. I mean, went everywhere. God said, too many voices speaking. Too many voices. He said, you need to hear my voice. You need to hear my voice. And, and what happened was, everything that people told me, I tried. And, you know, when you're in pain, you'll try a little bit of everything. I, I, I tried it. And, and then what happened was, I heard a voice speak to me. And even though what the doctors had told me to do, I did that too. But I kept swelling. I kept swelling. And then... I heard the Lord, and I'm, I'm, I'm good about going on a computer and reading stuff. I learned that my brain was sent out a message that I was in pain, and when actuality, I really wasn't in pain. My brain would send me that message, and I would pop that pill. And then I had to read, and say, you have to retrain your brain. Retrain your brain on things positive. So I said, okay, I need to switch to something else. And I began to retrain my brain. And God says, now you just put nothing but cold packs to the swelling. Did it for two days. I began to see results. The swelling started going down. You see, we have to learn to listen to what the Spirit is saying. But the Spirit is also, a, he's also teaching us. I got a lesson. I got a lesson how, how people, it was like I was almost like a drug addict waiting for my next fix. Can I be real? I was waiting on that Tylenol, 1,300 milligrams. Couldn't even wait eight hours. God showed me that's how it is. He said, but you got to retrain your brain. So I praise be to God. And I followed what the Lord was saying. And then I meditated on his word. And he said, Brenda, Everything that you see, even with the pain, focus on what's positive. You're going to get some growth out of this. And he says, the word to be left with the body of Christ is no matter what we see, no matter what we encounter, no matter what, he says, the just shall live by faith. And let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen.